In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. December 22nd, 2020. Tasty breads. Religious orders. Christmas lights. Corvettes. Impacting pop culture. And Advent. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm December. It is December, late in December. It's the 22nd. Yeah. We're just minutes away from one, having our yard work done. Maybe. I'm we thinking hope. <laughs> minutes in terms of this is how many minutes are in a week. Astro- astronomical minutes. Yes. Or astrological minutes. <laughs> Something. Yeah. yeah. So there'll be some noise from that. Yeah. We trust at this point all of you are more mature than we are and you can overlook it. (laughs) But it also just so happens to be National Date Nut Bread Day. I didn't even know this was a thing. It's a thing. It's not a a name that really rolls off the tongue. Not so much. Um, Dates, of course, have been a staple food of the Middle East and the Indus Valley for thousands of years. Possibly as far back as 4000 BC, which is quite some time ago. Yeah. Um, So it's fitting that this is also where date nut bread would originate. Where are you on dates? Are you a fan of the date? Not so much on the date. I I love the taste. They're delicious. I love the taste. They're so sweet. So many of the applications of them, Uh yes. Um, We'll wrap up with a reason why I don't like them here in a moment. Okay. Um, They're certainly date nut bread. Dates, yes, date nut bread. Tasty. Yeah. But it can be dangerous. Oh. Obviously. Obviously, anybody out there with nut allergies 
it's dangerous for you. You should not go celebrate this holiday directly. Do not do it directly. Do not. Additional problems, however, arise for those who don't know when to say when. <laughs> they celebrate a little too vigorously. Um, this is a problem because excessive consumption of dates absolutely ensures some toilet time. Crampy guts. Ooh. Making bad things. Yes. Um, and that is my complaint. I love dates. The first time we ever had them in my home as a child, I ate them like candy and then was, <laughs> we wondered for a time if it was going to require an emergency room visit. The cramps that I oh, experienced no. were quite severe. Oh my gosh. They are very popular in sort of like paleo circles where mm -hmm. there's a great emphasis placed on non-refined sugar sources. Yes. So you see a lot of paleo recipes that involve dates as the sugar source. That doesn't stop the fact that they will give you diarrhea they if will you eat too many. Absolutely. You'll blow it up. It's going to happen. you got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Do we see a spike in toilet paper consumption relative to... Like the, what was it, National Oatmeal Muffin Right, day. not as much, okay. not as much, because oatmeal's more global. Oh, okay, okay. And it's, everybody is, has been brainwashed to believe, you know, oatmeal, it's, it's heart-healthy food and you should eat it. Yes. Um, no one has brainwashed us yet. Right. About dates. Right, they're delicious, but... But they will give you the runs. Yeah, explosive, hurt, painful mm -hmm. problems. Yeah. Yes, Okay. Don't over-serve yourself. Be responsible. Be responsible. Eat, oh, less, no. eat less than you want. Yes. You're texting That's, yourself. It's happening. I didn't mean to. Okay. But here we go. Did you text yourself? This show sucks. No. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. Here's an interesting thing. In 1216, mm -hmm. you know, we were just talking about 1226 as it yep. relates to the Great Conjunction. Let's go back a teeny tiny bit in time. 1216, Pope Honorius... Honorius. Honorius. Or Honorius. Honorius the third. Mm -hmm. Three three popes, at least three, chose Honorius well, here's the thing. as their papal name. Once once a a name has been used successfully as a pope, mm -hmm. especially, um, future popes are more inclined to choose it. That's why you have so many John Pauls, so many honestly Nicholases. Um, there are Benedict. several Benedicts. Um, pious. Yeah. There, there are many that get cycled through. Yes. So far, no Pope Kyles that I'm aware of. Right. right so right, I right. can only just scream in anger at my ancestors to say, why did none of you do something, anything worthwhile enough that one of, one of these good popes would choose your name? I mean, seriously, it's time. And all the pressure on me. I know. Truly. It's unfair. It's unfair. It's unfair. It's a lot to put onto one person. You will all eat dates. A lot of them. <laughs> well, in 1216, Pope... On I already forgot it. Honorius? I would call it Honorius. Okay, the third. Sanctions the Dominican Order. Now, it was visions of the founder, St. Dominic, mm -hmm. from where we get the rosary as we know it today. That's right. And speaking of visions... St. Dominic's mother had a dream while she was pregnant mm -hmm. that a dog jumped from her womb holding a torch and set everything around them on fire. Sounds a little terrifying, but if you've ever been pregnant, 
those pregnancy or if dreams you've are ever legit. Lived in the ancient times in the Middle East. That well, yes, that too. It would not be that terrifying. Okay, well, she had this. That was in Spain, actually, if I may. Okay, fair she enough. She was Spanish, and maybe Spain is an extension then. Mm-hmm. Yes. The dream was interesting because it's kind of a play on words. So she knew after she had that dream that she was going to name this child that she was pregnant with Dominic. Mm -hmm. Now, people suppose that it was because she lived close to the abbey, the, that's not a word, abbey of Santo Domingo de Silos in Spain. So named after the 11th century St. Dominic of Silos. Okay. It may have played in. Yeah. In fairness, it may have played in. As it turns out, in Latin, Dominic, 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 Dominicanis. I can't say it. Dominicanis. Dominicanis is very similar. Dominicanus is very similar to Dominicanis, which means the dog or the hound of the Lord or of yeah. God. So kind of like we, we've all heard of the hounds of hell. Yes. Pop culture references and whatnot. These are the hounds of God. Yes, exactly. Now, the Dominican order, um, priests in that order are known as, the, the order is called like the order of the priests. So if you see the mm -hmm. initials OP after a priest's name, it doesn't Dominican. stand for overpowered. Nor Which does it stand for Ocean the Pacific. The intranet worlds would know, or Ocean Pacific, as those who grew up in the 80s would know. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. It stands for the Order of Priests, but they get their their uh, sort of like marching orders from St. Dominic's mm -hmm. vision for how to evangelize the world. Um, and again, this name all tying into the Hounds of God. Um there is a fascinating video. If you're interested in the rosary, if you're rosary curious, we've been talking mm -hmm. about the rosary a lot. The rosary is an important. Are part you of our are lives. you going to Father Calloway? Yeah. Well, it's a video and a book. The video yes. is the condensed version of the book. Right. Yes. Yes. Please, please, yes. Go ahead. Father Don Calloway has written a book that really explores the massive history of the rosary, and the name of that book is. Champions of the Rosary. I'm so glad you remembered it. <laughs> I did. It took me a minute. I got, uh, I bought puckered a little because you put me on the spot. And I was like, oh, damn. I knew it before you asked. But yeah. then we had that panic moment of being called out. I know. I know. I feel it. I do that to my own self. I call myself out and mm -hmm. then I can't remember what I wanted to say. But when you meet the challenge. Yes. It's quite invigorating. It is invigorating. As you can tell from my <laughs> stoic response. It's quite invigorating. <laughs> But truly, Father John Calloway's work, it, he, years and years and years of research mm -hmm. into the history of the rosary, how it came to be, its its roots, how it ties into St. Dominic, all kinds yes. of things. There's a great YouTube video. It's about an hour long. Yeah, but it's it, it's a fast it, hour. It's a fast hour because he's a great storyteller. He's passionate about the rosary. Mm -hmm. uh, a great a great watch. And then if you really want to dig into it, that book is not nothing. It's, it's not nothing. There's some a lot of words. parts at the end that get honestly a hair tedious, but it's still, it, you're still like, don't stop, keep doing it. Yeah. Even though it's, it's hard to struggle through. Yeah. Um, in conjunction with that, you have St. Louis de Montfort. Oh, uh, yes. Who wrote, is it the secret of the rosary? I think so. Yes. And he explores some of the history and, and story behind St. Dominic and how things came to be. Yes. And this, this writing in and of itself is a bit of a miracle because it had been believed yeah. to have been completely burned and destroyed by opposing forces in uh, forces 
rather, and then a copy of it was found buried, I think it was in France, in yes. a farmer's field, yes. turned up through plowing. and Right. Yeah, just a lot of really interesting stuff there. A lot going on there for sure. Yes. That was 1216 when Pope Honorius III sanctioned the Dominican order. Okay, 1882, the first string of Christmas lights created by, interestingly, Thomas Edison. Thank you, it Mr. Fits, Edison. It fits. He's, He's all about the lights. He was like obsessed with lights. Yeah, he was He it was looking like, for every way to capitalize yeah. on the singular invention, and that's fine. Good for you. That's fine. And good for us. If you've ever gotten a little riled up and angry about Christmas lights as, as you've hung them on your house, mm -hmm. or if you're like me and you go over to your elderly mm, parents' house. I was house, hoping this would come up. <laughs> your elderly parents' house to decorate their Christmas tree with all of your children, you pull the lights out of a plastic garbage bag. Because that's the way you store them. Yep. Just, and, you just wad them up and poke them in a bag. That's what had happened. Surprising to no one, not a single one of those strands of lights worked. Anyway. Did they, did they end up with any lights on their tree? They have no lights. No lights. Well, they were like, that's perfect. fine. At least the tree's up. Pre-Edison. Yes. So, uh, thank you, Thomas Edison, for the Christmas lights. Or whatever alien intervened to give you that technology. <laughs> well, it's good. It's a good callback. Uh, let's fast forward in time a little bit. In 1952, a production-ready prototype is completed for the very first Corvette. 1952 it had to feel good to get into that Corvette, Corvette the, especially the early models. Yeah. I would even say from from 50s through 70s. Mm -hmm. Man. Yes. Now, after that... I don't know that I've seen one that I got really excited about. Okay. But the 50s through 70s, especially when they introduced the Stingray, those were some sexy vehicles. All right. Um, as a wonderful aside that will mean nothing to most people, unless it does, when I first left coaching and went to work in financial services, oh, yeah. the guy who was the the... He wasn't just the assistant to the regional leader. He was actually the regional leader. And that was an office, uh, uh, the office deep cut there. Yes. Um, he, for whatever reason, he was fixated. He personally was fixated on Corvettes. Yep. And because he loved them, he assumed certainly everyone else sure. must yes. love them. And so for every new advisor... In their first year, when we went to the regional Christmas get-together thing, he would gift all of the new advisors a die-cast model, maybe eight inches in length of a Corvette, because he had decided on all of our behalves that we would know we'd made it when we could buy ourselves a Corvette. That's right, yes. If I ever wanted to own a Corvette yeah. before, and I probably did to some degree, mm -hmm. I will never now no, own one because he's sullied he ruined the it. image. He's ruined it for everyone. You ruined it, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. no Corvettes in our family. Maybe a Chevette. In fact, I'll buy one and send it to him. A Have Chevette. it delivered on Christmas, yeah. <laughs> I'm not bitter or angry, damn it. So many stories are about that individual, some, but we, we should yeah, keep on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This one's a little lengthy. Okay. I don't know if it requires a seatbelt or not, okay. but it does require a little patience. Okay. 1984. I was third grade, mm -hmm. I think. Second or third, somewhere in that range. Sure. 
A story often seen referenced or even reproduced in pop culture. Yeah. Law and Order episodes, Subterranean Homeboy Blues, and Self-Defense. Ripped from the headlines. Yes. They like to rip things from the headlines. Mentioned in Season 1, Episode 17 of Criminal Minds. Referenced in Billy Joel's 1989 single, We Didn't Start the Fire. Referenced in Lou Reed's song, Hold On. In, 19, in the 1989 song, Stop the Train by the Beastie Boys, also referenced. A partial inspiration for the 1993 film, Falling Down, Michael Douglas. Yep. And also as inspiration for the plot of the 2019 film, Joker. Oh my goodness. What in the world is it that has inspired so There's much? What? How does this all tie together? It's a... It's a story from the life of Bernard Goetz, also mm. known as the Subway Vigilante. Okay, this is ringing a lot of bells way back in my way back memories. Yeah, yeah. And probably the further we go, the more you'll remember. Okay. So Bernard was the son of German immigrants. Mm. He was born in Queens, New York. He Ew, was... boy. Yeah. That's what they say up there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, he was he was very well educated. As a child, he was by his parents sent he and his siblings sent to uh, Switzerland for mm. boarding school. Then came back, of course, when that was completed. Graduated from NYU, okay, with a bachelor's degree in both electrical engineering and nuclear engineering. Well, so he's damn. he's not an idiot. No, right? he's no dum dum. And I'll. I'll skip over a lot of the intermediaries. Sure. Um, he'd ended up living in Florida, married, living in Florida. The marriage was brief, unfortunately, divorced relatively quickly. And as he worked to put his life back together, he returned to New York and started an electronics business. Sure. So then in 1981, three years before the 84 date that we're discussing. Yeah. Um, he was transporting, because of his business, electronic equipment. Sure. And in New York City, it's not like you load it into the back of your pickup, right? No, you cannot do that. He was carrying, traveling, just brute forcing it, yeah. if you will. Uh -huh. He's carrying stuff. He's attacked by three youths who attempted to rob him. Were they youths or youths? The, probably Utes, <laughs> not to be confused with the Ute Native American tribe oh, of Indians. look at you. Yes. I didn't even know you knew that. noises in the background. That's Sorry okay. for those. And he was, he was pretty wrecked from the attack. He'd got slammed into a plate class door oh and bruised, deeply bruised. Okay. Like anytime medical says oh, deep bruise, it's like yeah. that shit feels like it's broke. Yes. Bruised his chest, bruised some other things. But even in his his battered state, he was able to assist an off-duty officer who just so happened to be near enough to come get involved. Okay. Um, and they did apprehend one of the three attackers. Okay. And he, in the aftermath, was righteously angered when the arrested attacker, in fact, spent less time than he did in the police station, that individual ultimately only being charged with criminal mischief because he'd ripped Bernard's jacket. Okay. 
Yeah. So he's mad. Yeah, he's he's pretty pissed off. And now to frame this a little bit, we're talking about the eighties and especially in large cities, which certainly New York City is, yeah. there was a malaise, there was a disgust okay. with how well policing was being done at the individual level, where there were a lot of muggings and robbings and attacks that just pretty much got brushed aside. Look, New York City in the 70s, 80s, and really probably half at least of the 90s was no joke. You... True. It's a lot of humanity stacked on top of yeah. humanity. And I don't fault, believe me, I do not fault the police force in any way. I fault the funding that yeah. would create enough officers to manage the workload. Those who were there we're literally making decisions. Do we do we pursue a robbing or these 15 murders that have happened sure, over here? Yeah. So it's not their fault. Yeah. They're they too are victims of bad politics around it. In any event, in the aftermath of this very visceral life experience, he applied for a permit to carry a concealed handgun. And on the basis that he routinely carried valuable equipment. And large sums of cash mm -hmm. because, hey, if you're running an electronics business, those aren't nickel and dime purchases. No. The application was denied, which wouldn't have set well with him. Mm -hmm. And in the preceding months, as he'd made a trip to Florida, which is also, I think, where his parents lived as well. It wasn't like he was going back to Stocky's ex-wife. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Um, but on that trip, he'd he'd gone ahead and he'd purchased a thirty-eight caliber revolver. And that's a gun. It's a it's a gun. Uh, to explain a little bit, thirty-eight caliber is not a, a massive killer. Okay. Um. It, it's it's certainly better than a twenty-two, which is a tiny irritant. Unless you, if a hmm, how much gory detail to share? <laughs> if you if you were to fire a twenty-two at someone from a distance, it would just piss them off unless you got really lucky it's like a, it's and, like a, and hit an area. In the Potterverse, it's like a stinging hex. Yes, but if you were to fire a twenty-two into the temple of someone, it's so weak-powered that it wouldn't exit the opposite side of the skull. It would bounce around and scramble the brain. So is it mostly meant to be a deterrent type of weapon? Uh, yes, for those for the criminal who's not deeply convicted. So the thirty-eight's a step up from there. Okay. But a thirty-eight is still less than a nine millimeter, certainly less than a forty-five. Um, all the graduated degree of sizes of pain that can be inflicted. But hey, thirty-eight special, which you've probably heard the phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a intermediary thing, and a revolver, meaning. You don't have a clip full of bullets. A revolver, this thing had five shots. Okay. So, he got that. And he carried it. Illegally. Because he'd no been permit. denied yep. of the permit. Mm -hmm. So, we jump ahead to 1984 today. It's a Saturday afternoon. He boarded a subway. Four young men. All ages. I think three of the four were 19. One of them was 18. They approach him. Mm -hmm. Now, to sneak ahead in the story, every uh, kind of to help frame things, these three guys already had multiple arrests. Okay. They weren't just a random three people hanging out, you know, bumping fists and all that good stuff. And and to the credit of Bernard, he he sensed, he detected 
This isn't a good thing. Mm -hmm. They approached. One of them, the ringleader, if you will, more or less demanded, give me $5. Okay. Hmm. Now, he's not nervous about the $5. He's nervous about all the other things, right? Oh, yeah. This has obviously been working on him. And he has a future experience, but he's got stuff of value on him. Yeah. Future, or rather, prior experience, not future experience, mm-hmm. uh, prior experience. And and so he kind of, as the story goes, whatever you can trust that you read on the retellings, he mildly unzipped his jacket and he asked, what, what'd you say? To show them the gun? No, no. Oh. He just had, he'd reached up and unzipped his jacket a little bit. Yeah. But then also asking, what did, what did you say? Could you repeat that? Yeah. And they repeat it. Give me... Give me five bucks. Now, it comes out in the aftermath. These four were on the train on their way to perform a heist. Oh, my goodness. Okay. That they had already planned out. Was it an art heist? It was not anything (laughs) of grandeur. Okay. Just a regular heist. It was was a low-key heist. Okay. All right. Um, They repeat the statement. He unzips his jacket further, pulls out his pistol, Mm -hmm. and... I can't, I can't exactly recall when I'd gone to review everything because I, I typically will read everything oh, yeah. and then go back and try to read a few things to get some details. Mm. Um, I couldn't find it in the detail reading. I feel like it was like 1.6 seconds estimated that he fired then all five shots. No oh, dang. Like machine gun style, except he had to pull well, the trigger every time. But it's, it's not as impossible as it seems. Um, it's actually quite... Possible, quite probable. Yes, that's exactly what happened. He, bam, 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 bam. Okay. Um, he hit with four. He missed with one. Okay. He shoots him. Mm-hmm. Because he sees what's happening. And, hey, who doesn't want to avoid a bad situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, uh, as the, as the mayhem kind of dies down. And immediately after it happened, so these, these as these four had approached, they'd done so in a way to separate him from the rest of the subway car. Okay. Of course, when the gunshots go off, the rest of the subway car has a moment of shit loss. Of course. I would as well. I'm yes. not faulting anyone. No. He immediately, when it's completed, because they're incapacitated. Yes, incapacitated. A.K.A. can't do shit. <laughs> That's a whole nother story for another, another day. Another story for another day. Um, he's immediately explaining to the people, trying to just justify, look, I, I saw, I knew what was happening. Yeah. And I defended myself. Okay. The conductor of the subway, is it a train? Train. Okay. Yeah. Subway train then has eventually approached. They go through a handful of intermittent conversations where... One, the subway conductor is trying to verify, are you a police officer or no? Yeah. And then at the confirmation of no, trying to acquire the pistol, which was empty at this point. Sure. Um, So during one of the breaks in these conversations, he's not dumb. Let's remember, the guy's a nuclear... Sure. Engineer. Engineer. Electrical nuclear engineer. He sees how things are going. Yeah. He recognizes the idiocy of the people around him. A lull in the conversation. He jumps out of the subway, takes off running down the tunnel, hits the nearest station, escapes. He proceeds home, gathers some belongings, rents a car, drives north to Vermont. 
Okay. Burns these clothes. Okay. Dismantles the revolver, scatters the pieces in the woods. It's turned into some Unabomber stuff right uh, now. To a degree. And then he drives around New England for several days. As you would. As you would. He's freaked out. You would be freaked out. He's freaked out. Um, not because he's convinced he did something wrong. He's convinced, I'm guessing, that... He's going to jail. He's going to be punished for something that was justifiable. Okay. So he drives around for several days, staying at hotels under fake names, paying cash as you could back then. Then on December 30th, he returns to New York. He turned back in the rental car. He picks up more clothing in his apartment or home, wherever it is that he lives. And then he rents another car and drives back to New England. He, he's struggling with what to do next. Sure. But literally the very next day, he walks into police headquarters at Concord, New Hampshire, Turns himself in. They didn't believe him at Whoa. first. Okay. And they weren't even sure exactly what he's talking about. Listen, because we're talking about yeah. a distance away. They're in Concord, New Hampshire. They're yeah. just like trying to get their maple syrup in. We want syrup. We don't know what the internet is. We don't know. There what is it. no internet. Not entirely it's sure what a bolo is. Any of the things. I mean, they're just like trying to live their New right. Hampshire winter life. They're like trying to shovel off the sidewalk. They're like, who are you? What are you talking about? Right. And he's like, no, just trust me, I'm a criminal. So they validate it, which I'm sure is a call mm -hmm. to New York to say, are you guys looking for somebody but that did this? what would they even do? They just start, like, dialing police precincts in New York City. Like, well, doo -doo -doo -doo. yeah, or something. Yeah, yes. I mean, he may have given enough details that they knew okay. more specifically where to alert. But I would guess all, uh, many precincts within New York City were on alert. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a true needle in a haystack event. Okay, sure. They get a hold, they validate, they go ahead and read him his Miranda rights. Yeah. He says he's willing to testify, and he does for hours on camera, on film, because it's 84, it's not 34. That's right. Is this still in New Hampshire? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, from there, as is often the case, stories told by the news media very wildly peppered with conjecture and incorrect sources and reports and bullshit. Yeah. Um, the public, because remember, the public already is in a, a bit of an outrage over the lack of good policing. Okay, yeah. The public, boy, they teeter-totter back and forth between loving and hating this guy. Sure. Yeah, he stood up, but wait a minute, it seems weird. Back and forth for all, the, all of the quote-unquote facts that are delivered by the media. Um, emotions were running hot. Yeah. Now, part of the ongoing drama that unfolds is due to the fact that neither Bernard Getz nor the four men who he shot were called to the original grand jury hearing oh, to testify. Okay. Because if they had been, it would have required them to be granted immunity. Uh, so they wouldn't uh, have been asked. And so that meant instead that all testimony in this grand jury hearing came from witnesses, mm. which if you know anything yep. about true crime, I do. This is the scrambled eggs of logic. It's true. And, and it's not, it's not the witness's fault. The human brain goes into yes. a, such a self-protective mode that mm -hmm. it is not interested in recording the details of the environment. It's interested in one thing and one thing only, and that's protecting self. Yes. And so... Yes, I just watched slash listened to a thing today 
that was discussing that that's in fact the only things that you really deeply remember in life are the ones that are accompanied by strong emotions. And yes. PTSD itself is simply a suggestion by the person I listened to, an instance where the emotions are so strong that you can't stop remembering. Exactly. Yes. So it is true. Eyewitness, eyewitness accounts of anything from a car accident to something you know significant like this happening in front of you, they're wildly inconsistent and mm-hmm. very unreliable. And yet, and yet they are still relied upon heavily by law enforcement to right. try to piece together what happened. Right. Now, again, that's not law enforcement's fault. They're trying to figure out what happened here, but you're dealing with actual humans, not robots who are taking right. in data and spitting out the data accurately. That's you're right. dealing with human beings. It's literally searching for the diamond in the rough. Yes, exactly. Because so, predominantly what's issued is the rough. Yes. So as, if you listen to a lot of true crime, you like to watch some true crime. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to some true crime you know that the eyewitness accounts can be both a blessing and a curse. And any, oh, I just hiccuped. That hurt a lot. Was that the eight part? It was not like It a, was not an eight belt. That was it was your... a full-on hiccup that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> anyway, Classy. blessing and a curse for both law enforcement and also for uh, criminal defendants who are trying to get somebody right. to tell the story of what they saw happen. Right. Exactly. Okay. So as is often the case, the affair went on to include, beyond the grand jury, both a criminal and civil trial. Bernard ultimately served eight months in prison, and the charge, the only charge of the many that were levied against him, because as opinion turned south, more charges piled up. Sure. But the only thing that stuck, fairly, was carrying a loaded firearm, unlicensed, and in a public place. Okay. Yeah. Now, did any of the uh, crew, the Utes, who, the Utes. who jumped him, were, did any of them die? Or was this just no. like... Uh, no. They all know. lived. One of them, one of them was paralyzed. Okay. Because the bullet had hit his spinal cord. Okay. And this one, in fact, was the one that brought on the civil trial. Oh, okay. And he was actually awarded... $43 million Whoa. for pain and suffering in and punitive damages. Or the 80s anyway? Right. Yeah, wow. Right. Okay. Um, and again, all of these guys already with a rap sheet. Sure. And all of these guys already admitting that they had just happened to encounter them on their way to go commit yet another very planned crime. Yes. It's just such a bizarre thing. Um, and so, uh, civil courts bullshit, I will stand firm on that. Mm-hmm. Um, nine times out of ten, and of course, all statistics are 73% accurate, <laughs> uh, however that whole thing goes. Yeah. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, so he's he's penalized. He's supposedly supposed to pay $43 million in damages. And we move ahead to 2004 in an interview of which many he participated in in the aftermath all the way well into the 2012 plus range. Yeah. Um, he was asked and he stated to his knowledge, though they would have to ask his attorney, yeah. that to his knowledge he'd never paid a penny of the $43 million claim. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. And when you go through the, the what happened to the four, um, several, if not all of them, are dead at this point through uh, innumerable heinous things that they continued to participate in. Okay. Now, there's a lot, truly a lot, and that's a weak uh, use of language, but there are a lot of fascinating details around this. If this is your kind of thing, if it is, Wikipedia has a decent write-up. Um, there's... There are innumerable things out there that talk about this, including podcasts. Okay. There are many. I did a quick search. There are many. Now, I've not listened to any of those to say, you should hear this one. But there are several out there. So yeah. if, this is, if this is up your alley and you're interested in this, there are more resources for you to pursue. Okay. Not to mention all the ways it's been represented in pop culture. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. Which is usually just like... It's, quote-unquote, inspired by true events. Right. But, yeah. right. Well, I, I have no doubt. You know, here we sit in the middle of a, a really weird time yeah. with a with a quarantine and a virus and a, a weird... No matter what you believe, this is a weird election. Yeah. Um, whatever you choose to believe, I'm not judging. But this is a weird election. There's mm -hmm. a lot of weird things around it. We will remember this. Oh, yeah. The rest of our lives. Sure. And we will all have opinions and yes. perspectives on it. And so, so much of all of the pop culture surrounding Mr. Getz and his life, well, this is, it's because the people who are creating art now mm. uh, or in the in recent past were impacted by this. It was a part of their lives. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, well, that was 1984, that was right? a lot. I feel like I need to black out and eat pie. Okay, take a deep breath while I tell the people this, that in 1988, you can release it now, two robbers, two robbers. We're on, we're on a real true crime kick today. Well, there's a lot of crime in the world. In December? Oh, like yes. crime ramps up around Christmas? Everybody needing to get those Christmas presents. What happened to Peace on Earth, Goodwill Toward Men? Well... After I get something for me and mine. <laughs> well, in 1988, two robbers wearing police uniforms, tricky tricksters, rob an armored truck in New Jersey, making off with $3 million. There is, lately, I have noticed, and maybe I haven't been sensitive to it before, but lately I have noticed, in this era of the 80s, this decade, sure. 
man, the, the armored car robberies or armored car company robberies. Well, it's a real thing. Yeah. And, you know, the armored cars are just sitting there. They're full of cash. They're just, like, begging to be robbed. It makes more sense over robbing an individual. Uh, yeah, it Rob does. Rob a lot of individuals yeah. all at once. Insurance covers it, for crying out loud. Absolutely. What are you, what are you doing? I'm just straightening out my necklace. It's bothering okay. me. You go on ahead with the okay. next thing. Well, in 1998. Wait, 98? Whoa, 98. Ahead. Okay, a decade. A decade. Okay. A unit of Nabisco. Mm. And I can't, I didn't type it in and I don't remember the exact mm -hmm. delineation of what it was. But it was a, it was a part of the Nabisco company. Sure. So Nabisco, you think of crackers, right? I think of crackers. I think of cookies. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I'm not sure if it's still true today, at least then. Also encompassed in that was tobacco. Like chewing tobacco, smoking tobacco, I, vaping? Just kidding. I would assume it didn't, it didn't exist then. I would assume whatever tobaccos. Cigarettes, though, however, are more historically prominent. Yes. Well, a unit of Nabisco ultimately pled guilty to attempting to smuggle cigarettes into Canada, what, Canada? of all places. Why? Canada, uh, I'm pretty sure cigarettes are legal in Canada. Well, they, they are legal. Here's the thing. Yeah. And this does sound outlandish and weird. Um, at, the, at this specific time in history, a specific... Not Pacific. Pacific, Ocean Pacific, Ocean Pacific. At this specific time in history, yeah. it was estimated that as much of as 25% of cigarettes sold outside of the United States was through smuggling rings that were ultimately set up to evade taxes. Now, Here we go, to, back to it's taxes. It's all around the taxes. Yes, death and taxes, Ben Franklin was right. Taxes are a means of regulation, mm. right? Yeah, man. Things don't get attractive until you make them too painful to do legally. Mm. So Canada, long before the U.S., as I understand it, I could be wrong, mm. but as I understand it, Canada had begun to impose what we would refer to as a sin tax Ooh. and in a really aggressive form on cigarettes. This is not mm. unique to them. I'm not crapping on the Canadians I will when they deserve it, if they don't in this instance. Um, we can see this within the borders of the U.S., across state lines. We can see this in all, uh, for crying out loud, do you know what a cigarette boat is? No. It's a speedboat that was originally built and designed around how to smuggle cigarettes. Really? Yeah. They're just cigarettes. So, but when taxes create a big enough margin and difference of pricing okay. to be painful and to be oh. profitable for someone to smuggle them in yes. to skirt under the taxes. Mm. Well, they can offer a discount to the people and mm -hmm. still claim more profit for themselves in the yes. process. And this is what it was going on. And it was tied into Native American reservations because they are subjected to a different yeah. tax schedule. That's right. And, and at one point in time, at least, there were several Canadian tobaccaries. I don't know what to call it. Is it a, a whatever? Cigarette makers who would, they could, they could sell across the border to the U.S. cheaper because of the tax. Mm. 
than they could sell to their own people because of the tax. And right. so alongside what Nabisco was doing, mm. there were many operations where Canadian cigarette makers were shipping things to America and then Americans smuggling them back in mm. through easily, the reser most easily through the reservations. And everybody was profitable along the way because they weren't subject to wh whoever's uncle government taking dollars out of their pockets. Okay. This is, uh, it's a real back and forth mm -hmm. over the course of history as governments establish a high and ever increasing tax on a thing, whether it's cigarettes or whatever else, that it's only because of that, that smuggling, that crime becomes profitable. If crime weren't profitable, the people wouldn't do it. Of course. So this is a case study for the debate on whether or not government regulation is in fact really effective or not. Carry that over to illegal narcotics and what in fact our own DEA does or doesn't do its involvement or not involvement in the illicit drug trade here in America. Dadgum. I feel like you could present a doctoral thesis on this. At I this could. Point. I won't. Not yet. Not yet. Somebody may mistake it for one, or they might just think I'm full of crap. Okay. One last moment in history. 2001, a mere three, and let's say call it three and a half months after 9-11, one mm -hmm. Mr. Richard C. Reed on an American Airlines flight from Paris to Miami tried to ignite explosives in his shoes. You all may not remember his name, but you sh his name. You remember the shoe bomber. You remember the shoe bomber. Flight attendants and passengers did end up subduing him. And and I don't feel like we can possibly celebrate them enough. Yes, truly. That's Again. what should have happened on 9-11. Yeah. People well, were too tamped down by societal bullshit. Please send your comments to Kyle at... <laughs> At, today. at I won't listen, I have my opinion dot com. <laughs> um, every time you've flown in the past mm, almost 20 years and you've had to take your damn shoes off, everybody's smelling your stinky feet. It's such a hassle. Yeah, you, you even structuring your shoe choice for the day. Absolutely. Over what you're going to have to do. That's a, a true fact. When I flew internationally, even though I wouldn't have necessarily chosen this. I chose flip-flops because you can slip them on, slip them off. When you're going through security, we all have Richard C. Reed to thank for that. 20 years later, we're still doing still this. Still suffering. And trust me, villains immediately, the, the week after, yeah. villains are no longer going to pursue no. the shoe because they realize regulations in place to protect that will move on. Absolutely. We'll have bra bombs and jockstrap bombs Ooh, and all the things. Yeah. That's that's the thing, man. That's the thing about regulation. When you're predictable, you're predictably exploitable. Not that we shouldn't have safety measures. I don't mean that at all. No, of course. But when we're predictable in how we search for things. Two decades. Almost two decades. Yeah. Uh, you practically have to it's a it's a PG 13 plus striptease to get through the airport. I don't know how you take your shoes off, but. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I pull out my iPhone and I play a little something sexy. Yeah. And I do my business. Uh huh. Anyway, two decades. Because you got to take your belt off. 
Well, that, you don't that wear, was already a thing. You don't wear belts as much. No, it wasn't. It wasn't? I no, thought no. that was already a thing. Anything with metal on it. It was, no, they just wanted you to empty your pockets originally. Oh. And then in the aftermath of 9-11, there was more, and certainly with this. And now it's it's literally, you have to strip down to clothes made out of grass cloth or something. to. I'm, I'm wearing grass cloth through. on my next flight. However, I can't imagine flying right now because of, you know. I purposely, virus. when I go to the airport, I don't wear underwear in hopes that they'll ask me to disrobe. And I'll be like, what? You're just seeing who I am. Because I have no pride. Oh, my Lord. Um, speaking of I meant, Lord... I meant nothing of that, by the way. Yes, and speaking of Lord, nice transition. Let's resurrect this dead episode into the advent. Can I just say, there was a lot of true crime in this one. I don't hate yeah. it because I love true crime, but it, it took a little bit of a turn. I, I just grab what's available. Okay. I'm not searching for a specific thing. I'm not biased. That, that truly does make me think that in the... In the Days leading up to Christmas, people, they're like, I'm, I'm going to flip out on you right now. They are. They are. So much of what I've left out and what I leave out on a regular basis yeah. is this event where this many deaths happen because that's not awesome. It's not awesome. It's, it's only awesome. awesome that they stopped Mr. Reed. Is it awesome that people are standing on our uh, porch structures outside of our window right it's... now as we're trying to talk about this? Not awesome. I don't even know what the hell they're doing Let's just distract oh, me with something. The ladder's going up in the air. Okay. Let's talk about God's word. God's word. Help us. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. It's the Tuesday of the fourth week of Advent. We are days away from Advent coming to a close and the beginning of the Christmas season. The first reading comes from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 24 to 28. You want me to read it? Go for it. Okay. In those days, Hannah brought Samuel and remember Remember, we are reading First and Second Samuel, which even though the story of David, King David, is big in there, this is actually the story of Samuel. Yes. It's from his perspective. Okay. So in those days, Hannah, who was Samuel's mother, brought Samuel with her along with a three-year-old, three-year-old bull, I have mush mouth, and an ephah of flour and a skin of wine and presented him at the temple of the Lord in Shiloh. After the boy's father had sacrificed the young bull, Hannah, his mother, approached Eli, who was a priest, mm -hmm. and said, Pardon, my Lord, as you live, my Lord. I am the woman who stood near you here praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, mm -hmm. and the Lord granted my request. Now I, in turn, give him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. She left Samuel there. He was three. Yes. Ish in that range. Yeah, can you imagine? So just context, Hannah was another woman in the Bible that we meet in the Old Testament who was barren, which is the word we would now call infertile. Infertile and shameful in that time. Yes, exactly. And so she prayed, pleaded so much to the point where people thought she was drunk and God heard her prayers, had mercy, yeah. and what the Bible says, opened her womb. And she gives birth to this little boy, Samuel. And now here he is three years old. She made it through toddler. She made it through the yeah. worst days. And she's bringing him, as she promised, back to the Lord. As a point of perspective, maybe, yes. maybe to draw this home to real life experience. Mm -hmm. When I was 
in a prior profession coaching, one of the guys that I worked with was in his 40s, as was his wife. Mm -hmm. They, man, they were good people. Yes. They are good people. Mm -hmm. They're not dead. They, but good people. And they wanted so desperately mm -hmm. to have kids. Now, if you're coaching, yeah, at least a portion of what you're doing, especially at the high school level, which is where he began, mm -hmm. is because you love kids. Mm -hmm. You're you're bypassing a lot of things yeah. because you love kids mm -hmm. and you want to help raise up responsible humans. Yes. They wanted a kid so bad. Yes. And there are absolutely, I'm sure even amongst our listeners, people who know this firsthand. Oh, yes, definitely. If not second or third. Man, they wanted a kid so bad and they'd been unable and they didn't know why. And to this day, they don't know why. But... While I was coaching with him in their 40s, honestly, miraculously, they conceived. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that for me, as I read this, it brings a very visceral perspective to how Hannah must yes. have felt. She had been faithful into the temple to pray so that she could look to the priest and say, you know who I am. I've been in oh, here yeah. praying. You even heard the prayers because I was... Uh, wailing, wailing, and on the point of insanity over my grief that I haven't yes. yet been able to have a kid. Yes, yes. So here, through her great faith and through her great gratitude, mm -hmm. that God heard her prayer, bringing Samuel to the temple. Okay, so this is pretty unusual. Usually our responses come from Psalms. Most often they do. Sometimes Isaiah, but this response actually comes from 1 Samuel. And this response is Hannah's prayer on the day that she leaves Samuel at the temple. Okay. So this is uh, selective verses from chapter two. My heart exalts in the Lord, my savior. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in my God. I have swallowed up my enemies. I rejoice in my victory. The bowels of the mighty are broken while the tottering grid gird on strength. The wealth had hired themselves out for bread while the hungry baron, um, Batten on spoil. This is hard for me to read today. It's, it's a mouthful. The barren wife bears seven sons while the mother of many languishes. The Lord puts to death and gives life. He casts down to the netherworld. He raises up again. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He humbles. He also exalts. He raises the needy from the dust. From the dung heap, he lifts up the poor to seat them with nobles and make a glorious throne their heritage. So here we have Hannah's prayer on the very day, this child that she has longed for, prayed for, wailed for, God has given her the blessing of having this little boy, Samuel, and true to her word, which she had promised in her prayer to the Lord. In her crying out to him, she brings him to leave him at the temple. I can only imagine the heartbreak, the, the absolute pain that she must have been going through, and yet... She was also praising God, not necessarily happy or thrilled to be leaving Samuel there, but praising God for all that he had done and for seeing her, hearing her in her pain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there, this is bittersweet. Yes, absolutely. As inadequate as that feels yes. to use it as a descriptor. Yeah. And, and certainly I would think all of us have experienced something like this in our lives where yes. There was a moment of celebration, but it also required saying goodbye. 
Absolutely. And I think that Hannah's song reminds us that in some things, only God can make it happen. Yeah. Only God could give her the strength and the faith to pray for a child. Only God could give her the strength and the faith to leave him at the temple, never to live in yeah. her home again. And I think that that sets us up really nicely for what we're going to read in the gospel today. Okay. But let me add, yeah. if I may. Please do. If I may. Please do. To say... She recognized, even in the, the pain of letting go, yeah. which I think surely anybody who's sent a kid off to college or yeah. anything beyond would say, man, this is hard because I'm having to let go. But I know that if I cling inappropriately, that I'm preventing whatever greatness could surround exactly. this kid. And mm. thank goodness she did because... Yeah. Samuel was such a pivotal mm -hmm. Old Testament figure. Absolutely. Yes. That brings us to our gospel, which is from St. Luke chapter 1, 46 through 56. This is what we call the Magnificat or Mary's song or yeah. Mary's canticle. Here we go. Mary said, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and his, I'm sorry, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. Yes. This is such an echo of... Honestly, everything since the beginning of Advent, which has been a leveling of the playing field. And it's not to say that anybody who has, anybody who has benefit, who has whatever, that they're evil. Mm. It's to recognize that, hey, we look around us right now and we see people with mm -hmm. who are turds. Yeah, They don't deserve. And it's heartbreaking. It doesn't feel like justice, mm -hmm. but that with, with God, justice does come about. Yes. And that those who have unjustly been held down, they will be lifted up and there Absolutely. is an equal field upon which all people exist. Absolutely. Yes, that's so true. And in the reverberating reminder throughout all of this from Hannah and Samuel to Mary and Jesus is what seems impossible is Completely not impossible. Completely possible and yes. in a far more rapid yeah. time frame even yeah. than we would than we would give credit to. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's exciting. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's exciting as we build into the day of birth. Mm-hmm. Or at least as we celebrate it. Sure. Because of who knows what day, right? Yeah. But it's exciting. Um, all of these promises, all of these prophecies mm -hmm. that we see coming together and, and yep. yes, justice and peace and joy and 
regardless of life station, that whoever would look upon you negatively in the world, that yeah. all things are made right. That's right. It is. It's so Advent to see that and yeah. to bring it out. That's so good. Okay. Well, let us then whirl. What did you have? A little trending note first. I'm I have sorry. one trending I cut note. You off before we. It's get okay. To the trending. Um, whirl for those unfamiliar is watch, read, listen, life style. Mm -hmm. But before we dig into that entirely, trending, it does look like stimulus checks will be arriving soon. I hiccuped again. I've got the hiccups instead of the belches. I'm hiccuping like a baboon instead of belching like an ape. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, I'm accepting it. Um, yeah, I think even probably at the conclusion of the day in which we record that this is being solidified. Stimulus oh, wow. checks are going to be on their way. They may be as early as next week. It does look like potentially it could be 600 per household, $600 per adult, $600 per child under 18. Wow. That's what it seems like is going to be the thing. I won't hold my hand on a Bible and swear that's what it is. I, don't, I can't tell for sure because it is, in fact, our convoluted government. Yeah. So okay. that's out there. Okay. But as we move into the true world of Lowell, Yes. I have one thing. This is big. Okay, let's hear it, my love. You enjoyed it before we started recording. I was laughing my actual ass off. We need that in our lives. We yes. need laughable moments, yes. assless and other ones. <laughs> you need to go. Listen. 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 You need to go to YouTube, even if you're not a YouTuber. Go to YouTube, and you need to search for bad lip reading. Mm -hmm. This is a... This is a whole channel yep. within there. They do a myriad of things. I had stumbled across the presentation of interrogating Zuckerberg. I That was the one that I nearly lost my complete composure over. You did. It was special. But there are many. Oh, yeah. They have a whole volume of things. Some so of them quite short. So if you only have a minute and you need to pick me up. Yeah. Bad lip reading is fantastic. Yep. Interrogating Zuckerberg is hilarious. It's creepy and enjoyable at the same time. Yes. But all of them. This is absolutely... I would even say this is both watch and lifestyle because yeah. it will lift your spirits. Absolutely it will. Now, we are a little light on the reads and the listens because, you know... It's, it's a busy we're, time. It's four days before Christmas. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We're, we're trying to get our lives together. We're reading nothing. We're just trying to take the price tags off of gifts right now. Yes. And to the last minute things. We are a family of last minuting, and yeah. it's been a lot. Yes. yes. So. No apologies. I have two gifts for you. Okay. One good, one bad. Let's hear the bad one. Let's start with the bad. This is not our story. No, no. Someone else's. Right from the headlines. Yes, right from the headlines. <laughs> one year, my mom got me a bunch of religious stuff, but not like you'd think. I got a nativity jewelry box. I don't hate that. I would I would like that. A whole bunch of Jesus-themed bracelets mm. and necklaces. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> and a Jesus-scented perfume. I'm disturbed. I've not been able to make myself smell it yet. I have in my perfume collection perfumes that smell like the mass at 
no, the incense at mass or the mass at incense, either way you want to talk about it. And I love those, but I'm a little, I feel like it's a little sketched. Any, yeah. Jesus said it perfectly. Anybody bold enough to claim this is what Jesus smelled like. That's a little freaky. I love that this mom was like one year, she was just like, you know what you're getting for Christmas? Jesus, yeah. literally. Oh, you need some Jesus in your life. So here it is. <laughs> all the levels. You'll wear them, you'll smell like him, all the things. <coughs> getting me choked up. Okay. Let's hear a good gift. A good gift. This one, as we discussed it pre-recording, you were familiar with. Oh, I know this one. I had never heard of this before, and I think it sounds pretty amazing. If you will go to huntakiller.com. Yep. This is really interesting. So you buy this or you gift it as a subscription. It's uh, each... I don't know what you call it. Each theme yeah, they, yeah. would come in a six-episode format. Yeah. So you'd be buying six months yeah. for yourself or someone else. Mm -hmm. The newest season out right now is titled Curtain Call. Mm -hmm. It's a cold case from the 1930s. So this is for a, a true crime lover. Your job as, as a participant in this gift is to help solve the case. Yep. Now, every month, for six months, you will get a box containing different clues, yes. archival documents, private correspondence, introductions to suspects, newspaper clippings, mm -hmm. personal effects from the characters, reproductions, of course. Yeah. It is interactive entertainment, like you've never seen it before. It's very fascinating what they've done. So if you are interested for yourself or for someone you know fascinating thing subscriptions start at $25 a month so if you were to give a six-month subscription to somebody or for yourself 150 for the low level obviously you can go up from there there's community involved around this there's chat groups message boards things but yeah. you, you examine these physical items that arrive in the post and you you form your opinions. You cross-check notes with other people's. This is really, to me, this is a brilliant idea. Yeah. In terms of really turning the corner on just being spoon-fed your entertainment. Right. You use your brain. You use your brain. You can truly be. This is, so within the gaming world, which I enjoy immensely. Sure, of course. There is this concept of immersion. Yes. Where... You want to lose yourself. The best built games are ones where you lose yourself in the game. Frustrating when something happens that pulls you out of the immersion. Yeah. This is immersive entertainment. Yes. I think it's awesome. I don't know if it's worth a damn or not. I've not participated. Yeah. But it's a brilliant idea. Um, a long time ago, years ago, Hunt a Killer was a sponsor briefly. It's sort of awesome. This, really? however, yeah, your really? endorsement, see, you didn't even know. Your endorsement, completely unsponsored, complete mm -hmm. truth right now mm -hmm. happening in, in real time. So it does sound like an absolutely fascinating Well, story. they went through a transition several years back. Mm. Um, they'd started where their original offering was you actually showed up for a retreat, if oh, you will. Oh, fun. To participate in person. Yeah. But they realized... For the work required to make the experience real, that they couldn't support the business just off of okay. retreats. And yeah. I, I don't disrespect that at all. Yeah, totally. Um, and so they found a way to make it 
transitional through the electronics that are available to awesome. us today and through physical receipt of things. Totally. So yeah, man, I'm it's good. I'm I'm tempted if I had more time, I just don't. If I had more time, I would absolutely do this. To me, 25 bucks a month or whatever for the even I would go to the high tier. Whatever it is, if that's your thing, holy crap, this is a this is a big deal. All right. It's a resounding recommendation right no, there. No residuals, no uh, payment received for that endorsement. No. All right. So that. Do you have anything? I think we've covered so much ground today. We've covered a lot. We've covered a lot. Along with a lot of editing I have to do because of a yes. intermittent interruption of which we will not speak. Yes. So, in the meantime, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. Robbing armored cars, for a time, was quite effective. It won't work anymore. Maybe if we combine resources, we can identify the next prime heist. Let's do that. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.